Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. episode of the power ranking show is brought to you by bet online bet online is your number one source for all of your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf and more bet online continues to be the fastest and the easiest way to place your wagers including live betting and your favorite casino and card games that are available to play right from your phone head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action remember to use promo code belief for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts uh, nicely done very very smooth that's my maybe your best ever i'm Thank uh you. thinking uh that's at Marcus underscore Mosher. This is the Power Rankings podcast, a.k.a. the Power Rankings show. I'm your host, Elliot Harrison, and uh, we're talking a little bit of fantasy draft uh, today, which is exciting. Uh, I, I made a vanilla smoothie, and I wanted to tell you, Marcus, one of the real joys of aging is as you get some white in your beard, vanilla smoothie doesn't really show up if you're a little bit messy. I like it. So, it's a, I like the salt and pepper look. It looks, it looks really, really nice. I'm also jealous of your smoothie right now. Yeah, I've got a little note that says, check my mic. Uh, I don't know what's the matter with my mic. It looks fine, but okay. okay. Good. All right. <laughs> oh, we'll see. Um, you know, I, I, I was thinking, because you were showing me some football cards um, just a little while ago, and it's really interesting to me how there's such an impetus or, or, or focus on young players. Like if you're, uh, you know, rookie cards were always – important in in card trading before but it seems now more than ever am i wrong it's all about the prospects oh yeah it's the the quarterbacks it's that's what matters is the rookie quarterbacks you want to get in on those guys before they become superstars so like right now kenny pickett sam howell desmond ritter and especially brock purdy are the guys that are really really popular uh in the trading card industry but not in the fantasy football industry which we're going to talk about today well, you know, in fantasy, a lot of things have changed. And and I think one of the big things is the – and we talked about this. If you guys missed, we had a real state of fantasy football and how it affects real football uh, podcast last week. It was kind of an interesting chat. We don't do that very often where we talk about fantasy. But um, it's interesting, the proliferation of the wide receiver and how the scoring increases the, the advent of – almost every league going to a full point PPR one point per reception has uh, inflated, uh, inflated their value as it relates to running back. And then where do quarterbacks fit in in all this? So we've got your top 12, what you, would be your perspective, by the way, most leagues seem to be 12 team leagues. Now it's another thing that's changed. Didn't it used to be about 10, 12 years ago, almost every league was a 10 team league and yeah. we've, we've gone to bigger and bigger leagues. Yeah, we've expanded to 12-team leagues, which I like because it disperses the talent a little bit more. You have to use a little bit more strategy when it comes to the draft and which positions you value. So I actually I, I approve of this. 
Yeah, I, I thought, you know, and we're going to get to your number one overall pick. So this is a good entry point into that, which is um, if you pick number one in a 12-team league or even one of the deeper 14-team leagues, you've you're really at a disadvantage in my opinion, because it's taking too long for you to come back around with the snake draft. So if you pick number one in a 12 team league, you're not coming back around, you know, until, uh, pick you know, 24. until the end pick 24. So it's just, uh, I know I had to do the math in my head. I go with well, it, be pick 25. And then I got all, yeah, I need my compass and protractor. Uh, just real quick before we get to your number one pick, Tell me the scoring system you are considering in your mind, because you have to think about that yeah. when you make your selections. Yeah, I mean, so it's standard scoring, one point per reception, six points per, per receiving or rushing touchdown, four points for a passing touchdown. Going with the standard lineup, right? One quarterback, two running backs, three receivers, a flex and a tight end. It's pretty much universal across most leagues. So this is going to be, for the most part, what you're used to seeing in your home leagues. Yeah, you know, five points for uh, putting your adhesive tape on, eight points for being seen in warm-ups, 10 yeah. points if the announcer no. mentions. We got to get those dopamine hits in, bro. Yeah, yeah. none of those bonus things. Uh, all Just your traditional standard scoring here. Okay, so I see number one. I see a Vikings helmet. I don't – I mean, this is – I'd love to say it's Kirk Cousins because he's winning the MVP this year. But uh, I know it's not Kirk Cousins, and we know it's not Dalvin Cook, although yeah. he used to be a first-round pick. So uh, go ahead. Roll it out there. I don't know if you can win your fantasy leagues in the first round, but you can certainly lose it, right? I think Justin Jefferson is the safest option. He might not have the ceiling. Sounds crazy. Some of the other players we're going to talk about, right. but – 1,800 yards last year, eight touchdowns. He had 184 targets. He's just basically a lock to get you seven catches and 100 yards every week. And that's 17 fantasy points. That's a very good day. Jefferson is easily the safest pick in this year's draft. Yeah, 184 targets, man. That is a lot. You're talking about 11 per game there, almost 11 per game. Give me a little bit of downside here because we are talking about the number one overall pick. And if we're doing a typical snake draft, you're not coming back around until 24. So other than that being the downside, what else? They did add Jordan Addison in the draft, you know, first run receiver. They, they saw, or excuse me, they traded for TJ Hawkinson uh, before the deadline last year. So there are more mouse to feed in this offense, but Justin Jefferson's the go-to guy. He's the one guy that you can just, lock in for 11 targets a game. I think it's those other guys that are kind of fighting for more opportunities. Well, and all of them come with a little bit of inherent risk. And I would say your number two pick, if it's who I think it is, I see the Bengals helmet, yeah. uh, that risk would be staying on the field. So go ahead, number two. Yeah, it, it's Jamar Chase for me. Both right. LSU receivers next, next to each other. Chase had 1,000 yards last year, and we forget that he missed five games just in the mm -hmm. middle of the year with that hip injury. Remember, a lot of people thought that he could potentially be out for the year because of the hip injury. Didn't really seem to affect him when he came back. I still think, I think he's the best pure receiver that we have in the league right now. He scored nine touchdowns in 12 games. His biggest issue is that I think the Bengals want to stay a little bit more balanced and they've got another really good receiver on the other side, T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Yeah. But Chase will be just fine. 
I agree with you. I think they want to stay balanced. Now, the thing with a hip injury is that they can be tricky, man. They can be yep. really tricky. And again, if you're picking this high up, now you're not coming back around until pick 23. So you've really got to get these uh, more right than the people at the bottom of the first round do. Yep. But uh, of course, you want to get your first round pick no matter what. Right. Uh, let's go to number three. Um I could make the case for uh, Debo, but I don't think this is no. Debo. I think this is Christian McCaffrey. I don't really like taking running backs in the first round just because it's a position that the players get injured a lot and there's just a lot of change year over year. But I think with Christian McCaffrey, whenever he is healthy, he I think he is the most likely running back to finish every week as the RB1. We mm-hmm. saw last year with the 49ers, he was fantastic. He's a full year into that system. And you look at the quarterback situation with Brock Purdy coming off an injury. I think they're going to have to run the ball a little bit more. I think Christian McCaffrey, as long as he can stay relatively healthy, is the safest running back that we have in fantasy right now. Yeah, I do too. I think the the issue would be what he came to the league and was it 17 was his rookie yeah. year? And look, yeah, at the, so- look at the other running backs in that class. We've had Leonard Fournette released twice. Kareem Hunt released twice. Dalvin Cook has just been released. Uh, Alvin Kamara facing a suspension. It's the running back class is thinning out pretty quickly. Right. Barkley came the very next year, right? Correct. Yeah. So you're looking at a running back going into year seven who has missed plenty of time in his Carolina days, got really hot with San Francisco. Uh, but that was mostly with Brock Purdy, who played great. Maybe McCaffrey made him look great. Uh, McCaffrey's great at catching the ball in traffic. But boy, the injury history really would concern me yep. here. Uh, this is too rich for me, which is uh, fine for Christian McCaffrey. But would, but I I understand the logic for sure. Uh, I I think number four is an interesting one. I wasn't expecting to see a Dolphins helmet quite this high. I'm assuming this is Tyreek Hill. It is 1,700 yards last year in his first year with Miami, and that is with Tua missing a healthy chunk of the season. Uh, they were playing a seventh round pick in Skylar Thompson. They were playing Teddy Bridgewater, who did not play well last year and still managed to be that productive. He's almost quarterback proof, which is incredible. Yeah. Now I did, I had him at number three, but there was an off the field incident that happened over the last couple of days where he's being accused of assault. We'll see how that all shakes out, but I still have him here at number four. I think the inherent risk here for me would be, you know, Tyree kill has gotten by so much on just absolute elite speed. And at some point, that goes and that doesn't mean they're not still a really good player a really good player but we're talking about the fourth overall pick in fantasy here you know uh this is i see tyreek came out in 2016 so this is going to be year eight for him this could be still another bonkers year uh possibly but i would be a little bit leery of that as well i don't know that i would take tyreek hill this high but uh, I don't. I don't want to. I'm sitting here giving you all the risks. Yeah, but who do you all take, these guys? Who do you take ahead of them? That's that's the biggest issue. To be honest, I think I would take the guy that you have at uh, number five because I see that Rams helmet. So yep. go ahead. It's Cooper Cup. So in nine games last year, he had 98 targets and 75 receptions, averaged yep. over 90 yards a game. They don't really have any other options to throw the ball to. It's Van Jefferson and Ben Skoranek and Tutu Atwell and Tyler Higby. They're going to have to just force feed him a lot of targets. And I think with Matt Stafford coming back, that helps raise the floor a little bit. He's just a pure volume play. And it wasn't was a year ago. He led the NFL in receiving yards and touchdowns. I think if you're getting him at pick five, pick six, you're getting a pretty good value. 
Yeah, another player. He's around Tyreek Hill's age. I think he. Uh, I think Cooper Cup came out in either seventeen or sixteen. Two thousand seventeen. Uh, he was a little bit yeah. older. I believe he turns twenty nine this year. A little bit older of a wide receiver prospect, but still so good. Yeah, I, you know, but his game isn't based on elite speed. Uh, and it's in your. I hate to call it a ranking here because it's really more your mock draft here, but it's based on volume. Yep. And I feel a lot safer about volume than I do skill set in some cases. I know that's yep. uh, a little weird, but I think I would have Cooper Cup a little bit higher. Uh, I wouldn't have pro- a problem if somebody said, hey, at second overall, I'm taking Cooper Cup um, and leapfrogging these other players because of their inherent risks. Although between he and Jamar Chase, that is really, really tough. It's just Chase that uh, you feel like is trending upwards with a really stable quarterback situation, right? And we've seen two really solid years from Chase. I think that's that's the reason why I'm more likely to draft Chase at number two. Okay, so we got four out of the five are wide receivers so far. Let's go to six. Uh, this this should be interesting. I mean, it's basically a wide receiver that you can play at the tight end position, which is a huge advantage. It's Travis Kelsey who had. I think the best year of his career last year, 1,300 yards, 12 touchdowns, played in all 17 games. And now they've lost Juju Smith-Schuster, who was almost a 1,000-yard receiver from the slot. I kind of think they're going to rely more on Travis Kelsey in the passing game. And I know he's getting older. I think he's 33 years now, uh, thirty-three years old now. I don't care. I, he gives you such a, a big weekly advantage that I'm fine drafting him inside the top six or seven picks. Yeah, and and I get that. And tight end is man, it is a fantasy wasteland. It is so hard to get a good tight end. And if you have Travis Kelsey, you're winning that matchup every week. And every and week. so I totally understand that. What would you say to somebody that would say, "Hey, why isn't Patrick Mahomes a first round pick?" I mean, I understand quarterback value, but why isn't Patrick Mahomes even more valued? And where do you see Patrick Mahomes going? The problem with Patrick Mahomes is there's so many other quarterbacks that can give you similar type of upside uh, that are cheaper. Uh, look at Jalen Hurts or Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. The, the, the names go on and on. I think in your home leagues, Mahomes goes late second round, early third round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just wait. Like if you can give me a D- Deshaun Watson in the 12th round, I'd much rather do that than using my number, you know, my second round pick on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, that's when I used to call a player undraftable for me. When I knew that someone was going to take a quarterback like this in the second round. And it's not that Matt, uh, that Patrick Mahomes doesn't deserve to go at the end of the second round, but it's like I know I can get somebody in round right. 7 that I'm happy with, you know, yep. or round 9, or round 12. And so I'm just not going to go that far. Now, if Patrick Mahomes falls to the middle or bottom of the 4th round, and yeah, you're sitting different. there, that, that's a different deal altogether. But, uh, okay, so we finally got a tight end there in the mix. Let's go to uh, what we're on, pick number seven here. What do we got? It's Stephon Diggs. I know there's a lot of news about Stephon Diggs uh, over the last <laughs> couple of days, but he's still an awesome player. 1,400 yards last year, double-digit touchdowns. He's the focal point of that offense. Uh, this is, what, year three of him in Buffalo now, or year four with him in Buffalo I don't see any reason why the production should should really drop off at all. We've known the last couple of years, whenever he's on the field, he's going to basically give you 90-something yards and a touchdown every week. Uh, I think I think he's still by at pick number seven. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think he's a pretty safe pick. 
Um, and, you know, Josh Allen's turnovers last year, notwithstanding, Josh Allen still makes a lot of big off-schedule plays, which helps Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs, a vet, he knows how to go back to the quarterback when he's out of the pocket and get himself open. He's, at this point, he's a savvy veteran now. Yeah. You know, yeah. He, he's been in the game a long time. And uh, I, I, yeah, I think this is extremely safe first round pick at, at spot number seven. Uh, spot number eight is, is more interesting to me because I, because I see the helmet. So um, I, go ahead. Go ahead. CD Lamb. CD Lamb. Almost 1,400 total yards last year, 107 catches. He had the breakout season that everybody was hoping for. And that's with Dak Prescott missing five games in the middle of the season. Uh, CeeDee Lamb was awesome last year, and I expect his role to be very similar this year. We saw over the last two years, whenever Dak has played, CeeDee Lamb's averaging almost 100 receiving yards per game. If he can score a few more touchdowns, he's in contention to be the wide receiver one this year. I get it. This is an extremely safe pick at slot eight, but I was thinking this might be Tony Pollard because I – I've already told you, I think Tony Pollard has a really good chance um, to be the highest scoring running back in fantasy this year if he could stay healthy with that kind of workload. And I think people aren't sure about that. And I think in the Cowboys' new offense, I don't see CeeDee Lamb having 1,600 yards receiving and 12 touchdowns. I just don't see it. Now, you don't need to have quite that production to be spot number eight. I get that. Um, He doesn't need to put up Justin Jefferson numbers to uh, warrant this pick. Um, but yeah, it makes me wonder where Tony Pollard is because if you guys are listening at home, I can't, or in your car, I can only see the top eight helmets here. We're about to switch the rundown. So I'll see if there's a Cowboys helmet from nine through 12, but I'm guessing there is not knowing Marcus. So let's see it. And I'm right. (laughs) So, okay. Uh, yeah. So we're going at number nine. You ready? Yeah. It's Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson had a really good year last year with just mm. awful quarterback play. He played with Zach Wilson earlier in the year, and then it was Mike White. Then we had a Joe Flacco game. We had a Chris Strebler game in there, you know, at one point. 1,100 yards, four touchdowns. Absolutely fantastic after the catch. I think Garrett Wilson with Aaron Rodgers going into year two is a threat to have 1,500 yards and double-digit touchdowns. By the way, if you are uh, watching on YouTube, we decided to skip pick nine through 12. We're going straight 13 to 16. <laughs> we're good. We got uh, it. We're under control. We got it. No, this is good. Uh, Garrett Wilson is is a good pick because this is, to me, this is risky. And I say it's a good pick because it gives me a little bit of fodder here to come back at you. I mean, I, I just, I, you know, usually you're, I think I, you, your picks well, are very well reasoned. Hold on. But, I, I got to say, I, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. Garrett Wilson's not nine. It's actually Austin Eckler. But, but we can talk about Garrett Wilson. Uh, what's holding you back from thinking that Garrett Wilson could be Devontae Adams in New York? I think you're, you're banking on a lot of things. Number one, you're banking on Aaron Rodgers um, playing to a certain level that, frankly, I don't know that, you know, first of all, we, is he all in? Uh, what's his uh, physical conditioning like? Um, I, I mean, I get off-season reports, Marcus, but forgive me if I, you know, I've been watching football a long time. Aaron Rodgers is pushing 40 years old. Yeah. Um, and then also, what is the Jets' best way to win? Is the Jets' best way to win for Aaron Rodgers to drop back 40 to 45 times? I don't think it is. Not with the running back talent they have. Why, why do they need to do it? And the talent that they have on defense, I think this team can play, can play and win with a slightly more conservative style 
Not to mention, what's the chemistry going to be between quarterback and receiver? Well, there was um, no chemistry last year between Garrett Wilson and any of the quarterbacks, and he still put up wide receiver one type of numbers. Okay. Okay, but you don't have him at nine. You have, have Austin Eckler at nine. Yeah, yeah so that's uh, that's our yeah. bad. So, okay, so Austin Eckler at nine, I have no problem with this. I think Austin Eckler could be higher than this. There's just nobody really challenging him for snaps on this team. He scored, I think, 39 touchdowns over the last two years. I think Kellen Moore, the new offensive coordinator for the Chargers, is going to find creative ways to get him the ball. Um, I also, it's it's a contract year for Austin Eckler. I think he's going to want to put up really, really good numbers. I expect that offense to be really high scoring. Austin Eckler, the bottom around one, feels like a very safe pick. Yeah, so again, we're talking about pick number nine. We're in a 12-team league here, and it's Austin Eckler, and we were just talking about Garrett Wilson, who's pick number 12. But why not Garrett Wilson over Austin Eckler? Because you're really huge on wide receiver ones. And just thinking about the state of fantasy right now, it does seem like it's a lot safer to take what you think is going to be a top receiver with a good quarterback over a running back, just in general. Because Austin Eckler had 107 receptions last year. Yeah, (laughs) that's a good point. He's going to catch a lot of passes. And would it be fair to say there are more wide receiver ones to choose from than there are RB ones to choose from. So you're going with a little bit of rarity and it, it, it gets to this point where you're like, I better get my running back now because if I don't, I'm not going to be able to get him. Now, when you're picking at nine and now we're going into pick 10, the cool thing is in a snake draft, you're coming right back around. Mm -hmm. So if, if you pick, uh, you know, 12, you're picking 13. If you pick 11, you're picking 14. If you pick 10, you're picking 15. So let's talk about uh, pick number 10 here, and we'll get to the rest. Now, I'm a little bit lower on this player than most people. I think most people have A.J. Brown inside their top five or six players. I have him at number 10. Last year had the fourth most receiving yards among all players in the NFL, just under 1,500 total yards, had double-digit touchdowns. And that was in year one of playing with Jalen Hurts, playing with the Eagles, you got to imagine going into year two, they've got some more chemistry build up. He's yeah. healthy. Yeah, I, I don't see a way that he has a huge regression in numbers. Yeah, and then again, going to the previous point here. So if you say, okay, I think A.J. Brown's a little bit overrated uh, right now in fantasy and, and maybe in the league, but I, I don't think he's overrated in real no. football, but in no. fantasy he might be. But here he is. I'm at spot 10. Uh, the guy in front of me just took Austin Eckler. So I'm going to take him now, but I really want a running back. You, you're going to get a pick here just in five yes. picks. So you're going to be okay. That's basically the point that I was trying to make. You can't do that same thing when you're picking, uh, you know, a player at, at number three. So if you decide to pick Tyreek Hill at third or fourth overall, it's going to be a while before you have a chance to grab a running back that may not yes. be there. Uh, okay. Uh, pick number 11. Uh, this one. I wasn't expecting to see a Falcons helmet here, but I'm pretty sure I know who this is. I mean, you know I'm a big fan of Drake London and Kyle Pitts, yeah. but it's neither of those players. It's B. John Robinson, the yeah. Falcons' first-round pick. When you spend the number eight overall pick on a running back, especially in today's NFL, the National Football League, Elliot, you got to give him a lot of work. Like, there's no, hey, we're going to put him league. in. Yeah, in this league. You're not going to put him in a committee. You're not going to say, hey, he's not going to start. He's you got to work. He's got to earn his role. No, no, he's he's going to get touches right away. And I think this is one of the best offensive lines in the game, one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL. That's why we saw Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson be really effective last yeah, year. Yeah. I think Bijan is a threat to have like seventeen to eighteen hundred total yards as a rookie. 
No, I, I think that's fair. I was wondering, I, I was like, is Marcus going to put Drake London this high? I mean, this is this is a roll of dice. Where would you put Drake London? Oh, he's in my like late second, third round range. I, okay. I've been drafting him a bunch. Yeah. So, you know, with Bijan, you're you're also, again, banking on the position. Like, look, you just can't wait too long. And if you want to wait and you want to basically do the no RB approach, that's fine. But the way the fantasy leagues work is you've got to play them. You know, I believe me, I still think they should the fantasy league should be set up where you can play any kind of offensive lineup you want. You want to go empty backfield, you should be able to do that. Yeah. But that's not I've the got- way it's done. So th- that rounds out my first round with Garrett Wilson at 12. Now, I, I wanted to ask you a question. I have a sure. lot of receivers here. Let's say you have picked 12 and you went Garrett Wilson, right? Like mm-hmm. you just, you're banking mm-hmm. on it. These are the running backs that you have avail- available to pick at pick 13. You tell me which one you like the best. Okay. Nick Chubb in Cleveland, one of the best offensive lines. No Kareem Hunt. Jonathan Taylor, who led the NFL in rushing in 2021. Healthy, behind a good offensive line. Uh, you've got Saquon Barkley, who had a bounce-back year. You also have Tony Pollard. You've got Najee Harris. Who are you picking there uh, at the top of round two? You know, I consider Garrett Wilson to be a little bit of a risk, a small risk. So I always felt like when I was on Fantasy Live, if I'm taking a risk with my first-round pick, I want to go extremely safe with my second. Okay. Now this is a little different because you're talking about the the quick turnaround at 12 13. So, you know, it's a little you're literally picking back-to-back picks, but given that I think Garrett Wilson's a little bit of risk, I'd probably go with Nick Chubb because no Kareem Hunt, be, because he's been an outstanding running back and because their offensive line is so good. I just don't know that Tony Pollard is going to be that great. I think Tony Pollard has a great shot of being the highest scoring player in fantasy, but I recognize the risk there with him. I see it. And I don't know that I want to do Tony Pollard and Garrett Wilson as my two linchpins. These are the linchpins of your fantasy team. So to, to me, because of the Garrett Wilson pick, I'd probably go Chubb or Jonathan Taylor. Now, if we're talking about a first round pick where it's a a, a Justin Jefferson or a Cooper cup, I'll take Tony Pollard. I want him to marry with those guys because I know they're going to produce. But the chances of you getting Justin Jefferson and Tony Pollard, I would think would be pretty minuscule because you'd have to get Jefferson at one. I don't think Pollard's going to be there at 24. Do you? He is in a few drafts. Uh, my answer to this question would be none of them. I, I'm I'm just not picking a running back that high unless it's Bijan, unless it's Christian McCaffrey or Austin Eckler. I'll wait. I'll take Chris Olave. I'll take Amon Ross St. Brown, who's going to catch 175 balls for Detroit. And I'll wait to the third round or the fourth round when you can get guys like Travis Etienne or Najee Harris or Damian Pierce or Ramondre Stevenson or Kenneth Walker. Like there's just so many names in the third, fourth, fifth rounds that I'll wait, grab a super stud at receiver and figure out the running back position later. All right. So let me see if I can do this off of memory because I think I can. So you had Justin Jefferson, number one. Uh, Jamar Chase, number two, Christian McCaffrey, uh, number three, you had uh, Tyreek Hill, number four, right? Mm-hmm. Cooper Cup at five overall, Travis Kelsey at six overall. You had Stefan Diggs at seven, CD Lamb at eight, uh, Austin Eckler slash Garrett Wilson because of your spreadsheet difficulties <laughs> at nine, AJ Brown at 10. I don't know when my voice went up an octave, but enjoy. Uh, and then, uh, excuse me, uh, excuse me, AJ Brown at 10. Um, then, of course, B. John Robinson, which is a little bit going against the grain for you, given that he plays running back at 11. And actually, Garrett Wilson was the 12th overall pick. 
I think overall pretty strong. I had some nitpicks here and there. I would add Cooper Cup a little bit higher. Um, I would have snuck. I probably would have snuck Tony Pollard in at pick twelve yeah. uh, for me uh, over Garrett Wilson. But other than that, I like the Austin Eckler pick at nine a lot. Yeah. Um, and again, I think probably your safest ones were like Stefan Diggs at seven, Travis Kelsey at six. I guess with Kelsey, you could be a little worried he hits the wall. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I think those picks were pretty safe. My final thing here: if you're using my rankings or my mock drafts. It probably means that you're not getting AJ Brown or Bijan Robinson because in most drafts right now, those guys are going in the top seven or eight players. I just think there's a little bit too much risk for both of those guys that I would rather take a safe player like Cooper Cup, who you mentioned, or Travis Kelsey or Stephon Diggs. But yeah, I, I think by the time we get to like September 1st, Labor Day weekend, you're going to see Bijan Robinson creeping up inside the top five of your fantasy drafts. Yeah, and that's why I said A.J. Brown's a little overrated. I didn't mean in football sense. I meant yeah. only in fantasy sense. He's going really high. You had told me that last week, and I thought, man, oh, man, uh, that's that's too rich for my blood. But a uh, guy had a great year last year. There's no question about that. If you would like to hear about more of the Cowboys fantasy implications, though, you can always listen to Locked On Cowboys. And if you want to hear Marcus talk Dynasty, he talks Dynasty on, mm-hmm. on uh, Locked On as well. Uh, if you want to get really Dungeons and Dragons-y, Go listen to Marcus because oh, yeah. literally you get like super into it. The only thing you get more into is literally day three tight ends. That's about the only thing. Uh, it also covers the Raiders for USA Today. Raiders Wire, I'm talking about him like he's not sitting here looking at me. He is at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter. I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter. And we thank the good people at Brinks and Ben Online. And we will talk to you guys later. Take care, everybody.